you're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 34. And today we're talking about a topic that I think every entrepreneur will resonate. We're talking about fear, we're talking about low self-confidence, and we're talking about having no confidence in our ability to work in our genius zone. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business, your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Woohoo! It's another bonus episode today, and I'm super excited to be hanging out with you today. If you don't know who I am, I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and today we're going to be talking about a topic that I know every entrepreneur will identify with, probably multiple times. <laughs> Have you ever been in a situation where you've been unable to clearly articulate what it is you do. You might be at a networking event or a a mastermind or some sort of group gathering and someone asks what you do and you start to explain and not only is the person standing across from you getting a glazed expression, but maybe you're even confused trying to get it across. And I know that I've spoken with a lot of people who have had this problem in the past and it can really eat at your self-confidence. It can really have you start to doubt yourself and your abilities. So today I've invited a client of mine, Leonie Lomax, into the Thought Leaders Business Lab to talk about this situation that she had. She is an amazing lady uh, who works with results-driven entrepreneurs and leaders, and she helps them to slow down and listen to their intuition so they can achieve more. Now, I've worked with Leonie myself, and she's an amazing lady. She, she's she got so much knowledge, and she is so good at what she does. What she was noticing that she was getting all her work through referrals with, from people who had worked with her before, and you know, people would refer to her, and they would say, what does Leonie do? And they'd say, her clients would say, I don't know, she's just really awesome, which actually makes it very, very tricky to be able to sign up more clients. So the first thing we identified when Leonie started working with me was what that ideal solution was so that she could make it very easy to explain to people what she did. She was able to clearly articulate the transformation that she could take people on in a way that people understood. So Leonie and I worked on the process for this to happen. And I am super excited to welcome Leonie Lomax into the Thought Leaders Business Lab as she talks about how she felt like she was emerging from her cocoon. Let's just jump in. let's Let's hear her story and let her share her story. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Miss Leone, it is such a pleasure to have you here with us today. And I'm very looking forward to diving down a rabbit hole with one of my favorite rabbit hole buddies. 
Thank you, Miss Sam. Yeah, I'm really excited about having this conversation with you. We've had lots of conversations in the past and uh, this one is just going to be one of those, yeah, like you say, down the rabbit hole. <laughs> also we, with my little buddy as well. <laughs> we do tend to, to go deep, so that's, I'm very much looking forward to this. But before we, before we jump in, why don't you let us know a little bit about your business and the kinds of clients that you work with and, and how you work with them? Yeah, my business is um, intuitively leadership so it's what I have found over the over many years is women especially women are trying to combine everything that they have like trying to have everything and they're in such an overwhelm mode or they're trying to integrate work and personal life and they're trying to combine everything and they're forgetting about themselves along the way so they're either burning out have adrenal fatigue you know they want solutions to everything but they're just not able to to get to it but they've lost connection with themselves in the process so who are they and that's one of the questions that they'll actually start asking themselves is who am I and it'll get to a point in their life where they're going I can't do this anymore and they look for something else and now what they're looking is not external from them but it's internal within them so I get them when they are burnt out or I get them when they're just falling to pieces falling totally apart and there's a fear underneath that maybe somebody will catch them out on what it is that they're doing or not doing, but they're so hard on themselves. They're really intelligent women. They're really, really intelligent. And they, they're asking themselves, why can't I find a way out of all of this? And they want to have it all together. But they're trying to do everything in every aspect of their life and driving themselves to a point of total exhaustion. Yeah. So their solution to all of this is to come back into themselves. They don't want you, they don't want to hear that. They want to feel love and happiness mm -hmm. in all areas of their life. And they want to be able to trust their intuition because they know that it's there, but they're not sure how to connect with it. And as a child, they were probably really carefree, creative, happy children. And then along the way, they've pushed that, they've disconnected from it. So it's just bringing them back so that they can really feel within themselves to, to less listening, to less thinking, but just to feel into who they really are. And you work with some amazing women, some really career-driven and women in leadership that are just trying to do the family, the, the wife, the business business, the super mum, the whole bit. And yeah, you, you do some amazing things to help them to, to really, I guess, yeah, get their life back on track. Well, to get their life back for themselves, that's the first thing is that, you know, whether whether it's something they've just decided that they have to do it all, super busy lives, hugely busy. But I also feel, feel that there's this collectiveness of busyness now. So we associate with people that are busy. You know, there's busy around us our kids are busy our partners are busy so we're constantly in this space of busy so it defines who we are like we're really busy people in fact we are creating this busyness within ourselves so that we can achieve we can achieve a lot we're we're amazing women and men we're amazing creatures and we can achieve a lot when we really listen to what is going on within us because we're not actually enjoying the business if we we're enjoying the business wholeheartedly keep doing it like if it's not making any sort of effect on your body and if it's not impacting on your children on your business 
or in your relationships, go hard out. I just say to them, keep doing it. If you're finding that you're absolutely exhausted and, you know, you can't, you can't even lift your head up off a pillow, but you know that you've got to get out there and grind away, then you know you've got to start doing something. And yes, I work with incredible people and really very, very driven people. And recently, one of my clients actually was so driven and she sent me a message and said, I didn't realize by stepping back, it would have such an impact on my life. To me, that was like, that was gold. That was just Mm. so beautiful to get that message because she was just on the pattern of adrenaline and it's like, it's fast paced, fast paced, and then addicted to the adrenaline. And then she'd drop and then she'd have to go faster again to get that adrenaline pumping. So she said, she's just an adrenaline junkie and she was exhausted, but it was a pattern. She kept running it and running it and running it until we got to where did it start? And that's what we had to do. We have to go back to where did this start? Like what was the feeling that was within us? And once we start to do that, it cracks, it literally cracks us open inside so that we can clear out that sort of stuff that we're thinking of all the time. Because that's what it is. It's our brain is thinking that's attached to the emotions that we're feeling. So we think and we're driving ourselves so hard by thinking that our brain doesn't get a rest. Our brain would like to rest, but our brain doesn't give us that opportunity. So when we come into our intuitive space, that's an Albert Einstein said so beautifully that the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. And we have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. And I think that's what's so beautiful about our intuition. It is a gift and we're born with it. We all have it. Everyone has it. It's just whether we choose to go into it and that's going deep into the rabbit hole within us. So whether we decide to go deep into it and to learn to really trust our intuition, we can have the, we can build the life and have the life that we really truly desire just have to learn to go into that space and to really connect with ourselves before we deep dive into intuition which i do want to touch on and i've got something that i specifically want to talk about there we've just been talking about busy women what do you tell us a bit about and i don't want to to drop the bombshell here i want to let you tell the story but you were a single mum of six children that's right (laughs) with your own business so i mean we're talking about someone that really understands hands just busy, busy why don't you tell us a bit about you know what you were doing before you came to to be doing the coaching that you're doing now I had a restaurant I'd actually opened a cafe before the restaurant I opened the cafe and that's when I I actually really had quite my own burnout you know sort of like moment I I was really busy but it was it was actually something that I had stepped into that I had doubted myself on do I really do this or don't I you know and then there was a lot of people saying yeah you'd be really great at it because my whole background has been in hospitality so hospitality is really it's highly driven and you know there's a there's a lot of adrenaline within the whole industry so I stepped into this cafe and it was really it was really amazing it was quite an incredible experience but I also started to find that I didn't have the energy to be able to be mum and to to do you know do the other sort of things I made a decision and I sold it after 18 months and thought that's it I'm not going to do you know I've done my bit in in hospitality I've done my bit 
won't do anything else. And I was still married at that stage. So um, I was with my husband, walked past this building and just had this fleeting feeling, wow, that would make a great restaurant. Just like that. <laughs> it was like, not even, I wasn't. As entrepreneurs do. <laughs> oh, man. And I just, and, and I went home and I, I told my husband, I said, oh, this building's up for sale. It will make a really amazing restaurant. That's all I said. And then later he goes, well, why don't you do it? Well, I, like, why don't you take it on? And, and it needed huge renovations. It needed a whole lot of work. So just put it out there. Just said, okay, it's meant to be. It's meant to be. And we bought it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And nine months, nine months later, we're opening up a restaurant and it was amazing. It was I was told by so many people it would never work because it was a fine dining restaurant. It was, and and this is uh, probably 23 years ago, so it was fine dining. It was in the country and the clientele that I was aiming for, no, the people in the country would not come there, you know, uh, chicken palmer people, so they didn't want fine dining. And I went, you know what? Everybody wants to go out for dinner and have a real experience and that's what I based it on. It was an experience. So we became the place to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and weddings and I started doing all the weddings in town and so it just grew and grew and grew and it became really big but then in other areas of so my my husband and I had separated and was still with you know I still had the restaurant and basically running it on my own and then I was doing the the kids and it was a bit crazy but I actually really started to develop my own spiritual practices because I found that when I was doing it I could be all that I needed to be but I also needed to to be all that I needed to be for myself. And so that's when I really started to practice. And one of the things that I did was I started running a women's circle. So it was really quite funny. Here I had this restaurant, but I was running a women's circle within the restaurant on a Monday night, which was, ah. I think is really quite funny. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> yeah. And it was sort of like, it was a very sacred group of women, but yes. so they were also business leaders and, you know, women who were uh, just the woman that I'm talking about sort of really highly driven but we we were for an hour or two hours on a Monday night would sit in in this space and so I started to develop that more those practices within myself and then I found that I could be really present for what I needed to do with the business and also to be with my kids and then I had that time for myself and I didn't I stopped thinking that I had to do everything I stopped thinking that I was the only person that could clean the house, for example. I I stopped thinking and I started to expand on what do I need to do to make it a lot easier for myself. And so I did. And I'd get somebody to do the house and then I got the kids involved in doing it. And the kids were really hands-on working with me within the business. And so my eldest son actually became, he did his apprenticeship, his um, chefing. And so he became a chef and, you know, we we sort of started to integrate everything. But the most important part of all of this was my well-being. How was I in all of this? And how was I practicing self-care and self-awareness? And it wasn't just like you know, going to the hairdressers and getting my hair done or going for a massage. Whilst those things were important, it was more on what did I need to do for myself in within myself so that I could maintain that level of energy and space for myself. And and that was my biggest practice that I did for myself. And I think that helped me to see how, like, and I will say one thing though, we didn't have the social media like we have now. 
So, you know, imagine just running a business without social media. So I didn't yeah. have that. But what yeah. I found was my energy was attracting people. So people would come because of my energy. People would come for an experience. And it was a real experience. So they would come in and for uh, an hour or two hours or three hours, they would be in the restaurant and they would feel it and they would leave going, wow, that was just such a great night. I just had, and so it was connectedness. So that's what I really found by having the restaurant. It was the connectedness. And Mm -hmm. so when I ended up selling and moving on, I actually moved over to New Zealand for six years and four of my kids came my other two were older so they were doing their own thing and the younger ones were they came with me and again it was just the energy that I had and I I got into training and working with what they were classified as at-risk kids or and single mums and you know men who were going through trauma or disadvantages within their their own existence and within that group, I, they were training in hospitality. I actually started teaching them meditation, which was really unheard of because it was like they didn't, they didn't know how to connect with themselves. What I found in the process is it was so much easier to train them because they were doing their own self-healing and self-awareness and connecting with something within themselves that they didn't actually know was there. So their training became so much easier and helping them to, you know, to look for what it was they wanted within themselves and so in the year that I was working with those kids we had nine kids go on and become chefs so that was in a you know training and these were kids who had been in juvenile detentions or kicked out of school and so there's always some little gold sparkle within a person you just have to bring it out of them they just have to see it and connect with it and so that's I was doing that sort of work and again I made so many big changes in my life that it sort of morphed into doing that and then working with Pacific Island women in connecting deeper with themselves and, and working culturally really showed me so much more about myself, just our own culture and who we are. And I, I've often thought, oh, we don't have a culture. I'm not an Indigenous person. But we do have our own culture. We do have our own beliefs and our own experiences. And we need to nurture those. Yes. We need to really connect so that we can connect with others because we're all just one. We're just mm. one. What I'm loving about this story is that you've had all of these different life experiences, but you haven't just kept them all in separate containers. There was this cafe bit and there was this restaurant bit and then there was this, you know, women's circle bit. You understood how all of these experiences can come together to create something that's unique to you and understand how you can use those gifts to help people. But really tapping into those and bringing them all together. This really has been a lifetime journey and it's got me to a place now where it is my intuition is so strong that it really literally does guide me and I allow it to guide me because I know that when I actually fight against it and think oh no I don't think I should really do that it's all my it's like and we've talked about this sand you know the whisper taps mm-hmm. oh yeah actually, yeah let's just talk about that very quickly so <laughs> what's the difference between a whisper tap and a slap let's actually stop it <laughs> well I over <laughs> this is really quite funny because it was a conversation I had with a friend of mine over in New Zealand who 
the Samoan, and we were talking about this whisper tap slap, and I said, you know, that little whisper, you just, it's ever so quiet and you hear it. It's just, it's sort of most, almost like it's at the back of your ear and, and you can hear it. And, and it's guiding you, but you choose not to listen, even though it whispers or it might talk a little bit louder, you might hear it a little bit more, but you still choose to ignore it. Then you get the tap on the shoulder. It's like, you know, are you really listening? Like just have a, have a listen, just, just quieten down and just come back and connect. And the tap gets a little bit harder, a little bit louder. You hear the whisper, it's getting a little bit louder. And you still choose to ignore all of that. And then you get the big slap. It's like, whack, you don't want to listen. You ignored the tap. Here's the slap. And then it's like you hit rock bottom and you go, holy lordy, how did I get to this place? And And it's that that slap that drops you to rock bottom and you end up sick or you end up, you know, completely lost or things, you know, your life has just been pulled apart, I guess. Yeah. And so I like like to just go to the whisper now because (laughs) even though I've had many slaps and I'll I'll own it like I've had my slaps I now listen I hear it and I go okay all right I just need to stop for a moment and what is that what what is coming through me that I need to hear so that I don't have the the slap because the slap is where we do hit rock bottom 100% we really do and it's either our health and it might be you know, two weeks where we're recovering from the, a cold or the flu or something where if we listen, we can move through it. And it's mm-hmm. like the awareness is there. So I like to just go for the whisper. Yeah, it hurts a lot less. <laughs> it does. It yeah, does. Totally. Now, when, when I first met you, which was years ago now, and I think we were introduced by some friends that... I was connected with on Facebook and they introduced me to you and gosh it wasn't a long time ago now and you were doing some pretty amazing work and you were getting all of your work from referrals and I remember one of the things that you very first said to me was that people referred you know their friends and said you need to go and speak to Leonie you need to go and work with Leonie and these people would say what does she do and they would say I don't know (laughs) and that's how you were getting your work but you were finding it very difficult to get work that wasn't coming from referrals. Can you tell us a bit about what was going on at that time and the struggles that you were having? I think the struggles I was having is I knew what it was that I was doing. It's and this is years and years ago, and now you know we see so much about intuition and woo woo and you know readers and all of those sorts of things. When I was doing it, it was it was a bit quieter. You know, it was sort of like people weren't really doing that much or if you were, you you were seen as, you know, sort of like um, a bit strange where it's far more accepting now. So over time, as everyone's going, I don't know what she does. Like, I have no idea what it is that she does. I started to actually take that on and think, well, what do I do? And I was, that's the, again, I was thinking, well, what do I do? What do I do? And then when I was in that space, I was so confused. I'm like, what do I do? And then I'd get a client and I'd go straight into my zone and I'd just do it. I'd do my thing. And then, and my thing is to, for my connect, my intuition to connect with their intuition. And it was almost like, so I would listen to what they weren't saying. I'd hear what their body was saying. And I was hearing the undertones of what the person was going through. 
and it was always the same, like the same message. Each client would come and they had this burnout. But over the years, like years and years and years of being told, like, I don't know what she does, but she's she's really great in what she does. I started to actually believe, oh, I don't know what I do either. And that became quite challenging for me because of... And the way that I, I refer to it, and I spoke to you about this, is when I had the restaurant, the restaurant was the foundation of my business. I was actually in the, that business. So that was still my energy that was there. So what I, what I was trying, I guess, trying to do was how do I be that person in the business? And this is like you know, going into um, the online world and, you know, going into a modality that I hadn't actually ever done. And so for me personally, it was confusing. And I had all of this was in my head. All of the, my whole business was in my head. And I, and I would, I would get through year after year after year of doing really well and, you know, taking down lots of notes for myself, but not getting any format, not getting any like real formula. And so I would go to a workshop and I'd come back so confused because everything was adrenaline driven. And I'd go somewhere and it was like ranty and then it was like, get over yourself. And it was, oh, it was full on so much noise. And then I just went, just one day I said, I am not doing anything like that again. I'm just not. It was like workshop after workshop after workshop. And I'm thinking, this is for my growth. This is, you know, going to help me. This is going to help my clients. No, guess what? It had exact opposite. And it was like, hang on a second. You need to stop. And you need to just get what out, get the thoughts that are out of your head onto paper to be my restaurant, to be my foundation. And that's where you came in. <laughs> yeah, so what I'm hearing up until that point was you'd gone from having a lot of confidence in what you did. You knew that you were amazing at what you did, but you were yeah. allowing the outside input or the messages that you were getting to start to eat away at your self-confidence. And Absolutely. And I do remember when you reached out and it was very, very early at the beginning of this year. I think we'd only just had New Year's when we had our conversation. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was just like I you, you were beside yourself I just yeah, yeah. I, I just said I said to you Sam I'm done I'm just done and that's how I felt because again all there was so much noise there was so much noise on you know like in the online world and it was also and I'm really a stickler on you walking your talk so you mm. walk it and then you talk it mm. and I had people that I had conversations with and they were you know I'm very open in my talking and very open in how I do things and what I'm doing and then the next thing I'd see a blog up and it was all the things that I talked about and I had friends saying why are you giving it all away and I said well, I'm actually not I'm just very open and you know but it was really starting to get to me because I saw too many conversations that I'd had being put up as programs or being put out there as if it was somebody else's stuff. Mm. I know there's nothing new but there is a unique way each one of us does things and so and that's when I contacted you and I said, I need to have my model. It's mine. I need to have that. And so you and I, you know, we started working together and it, that was it. It was like aha after aha after aha moment. And the beauty of working with you is you managed, I don't know how, but <laughs> you just got everything down on paper and it's that, that's my model. That's what I use. And it's like, boom, that's it. That's everything that, that I do. And it's just such an easy 
way of being able to express it, then now I really do know what I'm doing. And when I have clients, they also are the same. So it was almost like it was very mystical, very behind veils almost. Like, I don't know what she does. And now I've just got it down and it's really, it's really succinct with me. And it is, it's mine and I own it. And it's, it's becoming stronger as I actually become stronger. So it is me. It's what I do. I I use my intuition in every single area of my life and it's an effortless life. And people think, well, do you do anything? And yeah, I do. I have a, very, I, I have a busy life. You know, I've got six kids and now five grandchildren and we're a very, very close family. We do lots of things, but also know how to recharge my own batteries so that I can keep. So, and I think we've had this conversation, you know, fill your heart first and then yes. give the overflow. So fill it up and then what's overflowing goes to everyone else. You can't drink from an empty cup. No. So you can't give from an empty heart. And that so many people are trying to give from an empty space that they have depleted within themselves and the beauty is connecting so that it's an infinite source of love and connection so that gives you freedom for a purposeful life you you said we can't give from an empty cup and this is something I wrote down when we were talking earlier you also said we can only do for our clients what we're willing to do for ourselves yeah and I think that that's a really important piece here because you were talking earlier you know you're very intuitive but that for, for people People to understand what you do because just to tell people I'm intuitive and I can help you if people can't understand what it is you do they, they can't buy from you because they don't actually understand what they're getting so that exactly that intuition or whatever it is that you do needs structure and it needs foundations and it needs a message around it that other people can clearly understand so they go oh that's me and that's what I want yes and that's what we got that's what I got from working with you that's that's me that's where I am right now and it just literally poured out it was almost like you just turned the tap on and it was like <laughs> whoa I'm typing really fast here <laughs> and that's see that's had been inside of me and that was I wanted that out that was it I was like I wanted the structure yeah because I was seeing that that it was affecting me it was like okay I'll what do I do now do I walk away from this and then that's where I got the whisper and the tap and the slap was like <laughs> no this is what you've been preparing for and in 2000, in between 2007 and 2012 was my biggest, most emotional time. It was, you know, my, my father had had a stroke. I moved back from New Zealand. My father passed away. Then my mother was diagnosed with cancer and passed away. And one of the last sort of like real beautiful moments I had when she was conscious was my mum said to me, you cannot hide any longer. People are waiting for you and I've had that message so often people are waiting and she and that was it and I went and one of my friends who also had passed away had said the same thing and I said here's my whispers here's my yeah. whispers and so it can be a whisper from somebody else so it's like people are waiting for you people are waiting and it was and I'd also had a, a, a reading with somebody who said, there's busy women, they're waiting for you. And that's how it all started. Yeah. Because I had got through some of the most emotionally charged times of my life without burning out and without giving up. I 
could just go, what are the lessons? And that's everything that we go through in our life. There's a lesson there. There's something for us. It's like our gold nuggets. It's a lesson. And we have to expand ourselves and break through. And so, you know, my knowing, having this knowing that my, my intuition is so strong, but then having a limiting belief within my thoughts on, well, who am I? Who am I? So there's that real conflict and we have that until we go, I can't do this anymore. I have to do something different. And that's what I, that's where I had got to that point. I have to do something different. And I knew that working with you would do that. And it has. So I've just got one question though, because you said earlier you were done with it. You'd done the workshops. You'd, you'd been to all of the trainings and you just said, I'm done with it. Yeah. What was it that was the flick in your, like the switch that flicked that made you go from I'm done, I don't want to do this anymore to reaching out I think it was like that if we said to slap it wasn't the slap it was are you going to play small or are you going to go and play the game that you know that you can play and it was and that was it it was like I, and I'm a great observer you know that and you yes. and I've had many conversations and I was watching I was watching you and it, and having conversations but seeing how you were out there and your message and the way that you were working with people and I go you know this is the real deal this is what I want I, this is I, I I'm not going to get out there and shout from the rooftop that's not me and I'm not about to start doing that you know I'm 61 now so it's like like I'm, I'm just in this wisdom years and I want to show women that they can be the greater version of themselves when they connect with themselves and when they really do trust themselves and mm. that they're having, they're having the conflict within themselves. And so for me, it was a no-brainer. It was actually, do you want to keep playing small? Do you want to keep just being there? And, and I still have all my businesses referrals. Do you still want that where people say, I don't know what you do? Do you want to still believe you don't know what you do when you do know what you do yes yes and that's where the gold is because this is people and you know there's so many people in my world that know so much but they're holding themselves back thinking that they don't really know what they're doing or yep. the other thing that they say is but everybody does it but oh, everybody and, does. and how many times did I say that to you yes I, and, and that was my answer to you nobody <laughs> no does one does it like you, you. <laughs> that's exactly right um uh, and yeah. and that was that was exactly how you walked through to the other side, wasn't it? Understanding yeah. what it is that your offering was, and exactly what it was that you did in a unique way. Because once we got yeah. that out of your head, then you could clearly see, oh, no one does what I do. Because even though you not good it, now it was down on paper. Oh, and having that down on paper, which I have, you know, in my office, and you know, I have a very visual for me uh, to be able to see it to come back to it and I can I can pinpoint where it is that my client is on what is what is happening for her in her world and then we can work together to clear that so that she she takes ownership or he takes ownership so that they can then rise up and be who they really are mm -hmm. and they find then that their their life is you know they have so much more fun in their life 
And, you know, they're more connected with themselves. They're more in alignment with themselves. They're more in alignment with their their partner. They're more con- connected with their children. They have more fun. And, and, you know, me, I'm like I live in the country. So for me, being in the country is really important, you know, for me, for my growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do go down to Melbourne or I do, you know, travel. But I love to come back here because it's like where I ground myself. But it's also a, a space for me to give to myself that what I've also really value is that it doesn't matter I can be in the busiest you know I could be in the busiest town city and I still have space for myself so I just breathe it and walk it and breathe it and feel it that's the beauty of having all of this now down on paper and really connecting with it and really owning it you know like I had one uh, dear friend say to me this is next level I shared this with her and she goes this is next level. She said, I can see what Miss Sam's done. And I said, yeah, it is def- definitely next level. And yeah. I think that's what it is, is we rise as we break through. We rise and break through. So, like, I had to also go through it. And, and I said, you know, recently I said to a client, hey, I've been there. And she was shocked. She goes, oh, really? Like, you felt like this? I go, absolutely. And I think it's being raw with it. Like, and, you know, the conversations that you and I have had are so raw is that we go, yeah, we'll own it and we'll do it differently this time as we grow. Absolutely. Now, for if there's someone that's listening, you know, you and I had this conversation, I really want to inspire people to, to, or I want your story to inspire people that feeling stuck, that are holding themselves back, that know that they're destined for more. What is your advice or some steps for others that know a lot of stuff, you know, they've got lots of experience, they've got lots of knowledge, but they're holding themselves back thinking, you know, that they're not good enough or that everybody does it because you've walked through this now. What's your advice for this? I think my advice is acknowledge it and like really acknowledge where does that thought come from or where does that feeling sit? And for me, I had to, that was one of the things is I had to really look at that and go, is it a fear that maybe putting myself out there, what is going to happen? And that's all it was. It was just a fear. It was only a thought like, oh, am I going to be seen as some crazy woo-woo lady or something? You know, it was just that thought. But I, I needed to acknowledge that. I needed to acknowledge that I also needed guidance in getting this out and that's something we always we need to look into on what is it if we're different and I'm a different thinker like I think really differently I didn't do I didn't do great at school I actually left school at 16 and I had teachers say I'd never amount to anything and so when there's that thought in the back and it never stopped me by the way it just Mm. didn't stop me I just think differently and I'm creative. And so there's some things that you can do really, really well um, on your own. And then there's times you need to reach out to someone and say, I don't know actually how to do this. And that's what I did with you. Mm. I don't know how to get that out of my head so that it can flow. Yeah, so I think acknowledgement is the biggest thing. Yeah, and uh, that's what I was going to touch back on, you know, acknowledging who we are, the most um, incredible thing about this, and I know that you know that I believe this wholeheartedly, is that 
until we can acknowledge who we are in our very unique ways, in our authentic ways, I'm not a lover of the word authentic, but I won't get into that now, but really, you know, who we are, it's not until we actually acknowledge that ourselves that we can attract the people that actually believe that as well. And that until we do that, that's where the disconnect is because people aren't quite sure, you know, who are you? How can you help me? What do you stand for? All those little those little questions that make us stand back. Once you just go, you know, this is exactly who I am. This is me authentically, raw, my genius zone, then other people can, can either come to you and be attracted and say, that's what I want. Or sometimes even more importantly, they can opt out and say, actually, that's not what I want at all. And that's where the mm. is. And sometimes they're not ready. They think that they may be ready and they're not. And I've had clients come to me and I've actually said, come back. You've got, you're just not in that space. And and I think that's really good because they will. They'll go away. They'll really think about it or they'll really look at, you know, they may be, there may be so much going on. I'll give them tips. I'll give them some tools to be able to help themselves. But to actually work because they've got to dig really deep within themselves, they may not be ready for that. And I don't think that actually helps a person. Mm-hmm. But I'll stay connected with them and I'll, you know, we'll have messages or we'll talk. And then all of a sudden they'll say, they no, because they'll have their own resistance. But then when they learn the resilience of moving through the resistance, then they've got a real awareness of how their intuition can work for them. Leonie, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you here today. I always love our conversations, but you've got a very special catchphrase that I have, I've never heard before until today. And I want you to share it because I think this is gold. This is what I want you to leave us with. The one where we have less rah-rah and more aha moments. Yes. I love it. And that's totally, I think that wraps up in a little bow exactly who you are and what you stand for. Thanks so much, Leonie, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sam. Inspiring others with your story. Thank you so much. Love to you. Are you ready to say yes to creating a thriving freedom business in 2019? I'm talking about the kind of business that gives you the income that allows you the freedom to create a life you love while creating a global impact. If that's you, the doors to Business Success Academy are about to open. Head to samanthariley.global forward slash success to be the first to be notified when the doors are open.